0: Yesterday, we were talking about the health care crisis, right? And uh, how the provinces have all come together to press the feds for more money. And we've talked a lot about health right? And and the mess that it's become in this province. Now, if it's any comfort, we know we're not alone, right? It's, it's countrywide. It's even farther beyond than that. In fact, uh, the University of Alberta recently looked into the ER crisis that everybody seems to be dealing with and uh, how we got here and, and some of the problems that it causes downstream, if you will. So let's get some insight on that. We're going to chat with Mohamed Sultani, who's an assistant professor of operations management in the Department of Accounting and Business Analytics at the Alberta School of Business, University of Alberta. Uh, Mohammed, thanks so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today. Good morning, Shay. Glad to be on your show. So let's start here. This, this healthcare crisis, first of all, and we, we have this impression that, oh no, Edmonton's in trouble, Alberta's in trouble, Canada's in trouble. No, no, no. It's far wider than that, right?
1: That's completely true. And I just want to add one more point to that, that this is not just because of COVID. We should know that we've been dealing with this situation even before COVID. The healthcare system has been struggling, especially with emergency rooms crowding for many years now. Uh, And just to give you some perspective, a new study shows uh, in the U.S., Uh, even before COVID, 90% of emergency rooms reported overcrowding and about 40% reported crowding in emergency room every day. So (laughs) that is something that is happening all across North America and many other developed countries.
0: So it's ongoing, it's chronic, it's not new, and it's happening everywhere.
1: Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. So you took
0: a look at how Um, because of that situation that so many of us are facing in our healthcare systems, what that does to the rest of the system, right? So tell us how you broke that down. What did you look at?
1: Sure. So I think uh, the the question that you were looking at was basically driven from the fact that we know emergency rooms are just one part of a larger healthcare system. Yeah. Right. Uh, so previous studies have discussed and shown concern about this issue of crowding in emergency rooms, and have studied how this is impacting the care that the patient receives uh, in the ED, the practice of physicians, etc. Uh, but what we were interested was that now that this emergency room is part of this bigger healthcare care system, uh, does it really have an impact beyond the emergency room? And the situation that the patients face when they go to the emergency room, does it impact the care that they are going to receive afterwards? Uh, so what we did was we took a look at the patients when they arrived in the AD. We followed them for 30 days after they left the emergency room and tried to make a connection between the crowding situation at the time of emergency room visit and the care that the patients received after leaving the room.
0: Gotcha. Okay. And the findings show that there's a problem, right? I mean, the fact that the care is what it is in the ER, that causes problems, like you say, up to 30 days after.
1: That's true. So, Previously, we knew that this is, this is having impact on quality of care, on physicians' productivity. But what we are showing here is that when the ED is busier, there is up to 5% increase in patients' use of healthcare system even after they leave the emergency room. They go more often to their family physicians, specialist offices. Uh, imaging service facilities, they come back to the ED, Uh, so part of this can be because of the quality of care that they receive Uh, and another part can be a, a product of behavior by both the physician and the patient at the time of visiting ED at a busy time. Okay, so explain
0: that. What do you mean in terms of the behavior of both the patient and the physician? How does that cause more visits?
1: Sure. So, from the physician side, what we are seeing is that when the ED is busier, because they have less time to spend with the patient directly, uh, what they do instead to diagnose the case is they order more tests. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, what does this do to the patient? Uh, I give you an example. Uh, one-third of all of us, healthy people, uh, we may have tiny cancers in our thyroid, okay? okay. But less than a one in 100,000 people are going to die from it. So this is one of the pseudo diseases that many of us may have. We may not be aware of that, and we do not do anything about it, and it is not going to hurt us. Okay. Okay. Now consider the situation that the physician in the emergency room is ordering many tests for the patient. Yep. So these things are going to come up, right? They are going to identify cases like these that are not treating the patient, maybe that's not even the main reason to see visiting the ED. Uh, But because they see these issues, they should coordinate a follow-up care with the patient and those sort of stuff. So these are generating some new needs for follow-up care after visiting the ED.
0: Is that a bad thing, though? I mean, wouldn't that be early detection of some things? But like you say, they may not be things that
1: cause any issues, right? Uh, So it, it depends. So we are not claiming that all of them are not necessary. Obviously, some of them are necessary, especially if the patient didn't receive enough care for the main cause of visiting the ED. It is necessary for the patient to do uh, follow-up care and just practice continuity of care. Uh, But what we are focusing here is this is not the case for every follow-up care that the patient received. Many of them uh, are the result of this crowding situation in emergency rooms. Gotcha, okay, so um, I'm wondering
0: if you've heard from doctors following uh, the release of your findings, what have they had to say about what your study found?
1: Sure, that's that's an interesting question. So we had a co-author in this study who is himself an emergency medicine physician. And what we did the first time that we uh, were presenting the results of our study because we wanted to get a sense of how the clinicians feel about this and what is their reaction. Uh, So the first time that we presented the result was in a meeting with uh, clinicians with different specialties. Uh, We presented the result, and that was an interesting uh, moment because the ED physicians by that time, they already knew they were under pressure, uh, and they were communicating this with their non-ED colleagues. Uh, But there was less attention being paid to this, probably because non-ED physicians were thinking they are not affected themselves. So right. we are putting this pressure uh, on emergency room and they are dealing with, uh, with this so this is not uh, what we should be uh, concerned about. Uh, then at that moment there was this interesting conversation going on between them that the ED physicians telling them these are the things that we were telling you for a long right. time <laughs> and now you see these are impacting you as well. So if as a family physician you refer your patient to go to the ED because you do not have available time or you need a fast diagnostic test. Just this is not the place to do that because the patient is coming back, making you busier again and again. At the same time, another reason for crowding in emergency rooms uh, is that our inpatient units are busy. So the patient is ready to be admitted from the emergency room to the ward, right? Yeah. Uh, but the ward is busy. They do not have an empty bed or they do not have enough staff to transfer the patient to the ward. Uh, what happens there is that they keep the patient longer in the emergency room. So this creates this crowding in the yeah, yeah. uh, But what we are showing right now is that you are keeping the patients longer in the AD, making ED busier, but the physicians are going to admit more patients to the inpatient unit, many of them are coming back. So this is not something that is going to be resolved soon. you put the pressure, you get the pre- pressure back from the emergency room.
0: So we're misusing the emergency room altogether. I mean, doctors, exactly. patients, everybody using it as sort of the gateway to the system and it's not built for that and can't handle that.
1: Exactly. So th- that's the funny part here that we have this term emergency department and emergency room. But yeah, when we look at the patients who are in the emergency department, not necessarily all of them have emergency cases, right? So one of the main reasons that we are seeing these issues in emergency rooms is that basically it is not used for what it was supposed to be. Uh, So as you said, it's a gateway for other services, and now we are seeing uh, how this is impacting the whole healthcare system.
0: It makes perfect sense. Mohamed, um, thank you so much for your time today. Great insight. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Jay. Glad to be on your show. Thanks.
0: That's Mohamed Sultani, an assistant professor of operations management in the Department of Accounting and Business Analytics at the Alberta School of Business at U of A. And I think that's sort of an interesting angle to take. If you want to talk about running a healthcare system, now I'm not saying it's a business like any other business. It's not. But I think, you know, I mean, he's pretty clearly laid out the case that, hey, what you're doing here when it comes to ERs is wrong. And it's causing you problems all the way through the system. And I'm not pointing a finger at ER docs. I'm not even pointing a finger at ERs in Alberta. This is continent wide, but we've made it sort of the gateway, right? And we know that that's where the bottleneck starts. We've heard it in so many different ways.